This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how are we doing tonight, my friend? Oh, Gordon, I just wish, and I love what I do. I Mm -hmm. love what I do. Mm -hmm. Have a passion for it, Gordon. Yeah. Love it. I just wish I had chosen another line of work. Mm. Where I really? could have been paid $53 million to go somewhere else. <laughs> it's good work if you can find oh, it. Oh, it's outstanding work if you can get it. <laughs> That's what happened to Justin Verlander, Gordon. Justin Verlander was told bye-bye. Justin Verlander is going back to Houston. And as I was telling the guys, Gordon, remember, Houston only wanted to sign him for one year. Mm-hmm. He wanted multiple years. Yeah. They're like, do you know how old you are? Yeah. We're not signing you the multiple years. Oh, no, 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 no. Now they get him back, Gordon, and they're paying, what, $22 million for like three years? <laughs> it's a good deal for like them. That is, that is mastering the, the game oh. of baseball, the business of baseball, right? It's almost like he had an extended spring training. <laughs> exactly. He, he just went to the Mets for an extended spring training, got things worked out, I got his money. Houston. He's back in Houston. And, he's going uh, to get better in Houston. It's almost like he woke. It was like that at the end of Newhart when he wakes up. Yes. Oh, they, I was I had this terrible dream. I was on the Mets. <laughs> now he's back with the Houston Astros and uh, more than likely going back to the playoffs. And they'll see mm-hmm. if they can uh, defend their World Series championship. So great deal for the Astros. Uh, a necessary evil for the Mets. And away we go. But here's the issue, Gordon, for me. And... I just, I'm not saying, and I don't know how the prospects are going to turn out. And one of the things I've been saying while you were away is that name me five really great prospects that you, that teams have gotten in a trade Mm -hmm. that have made it worthwhile for the trade. I mean, prospects are, are a dime a dozen, Gordon. And most of the times, let's be honest, they don't work out. Prospects are suspects. Exactly. Until there's some evidence that they actually work out, right? It's great to it's great to believe in them. It's great to it's a nice thing to look to uh, as a possibility down the road. But uh, yeah, a lot of times it, it's selling hope to your fan base, and and with the way things have gone for the Mets this year, they're looking to buy some hope to fan base because they have not had a whole lot of that. And not a whole lot of wins this year. And it beats the alternative of just playing out the string and being locked into contracts. So I think it was the right move for them to make. But uh, you're right. Uh, We can can talk about prospects until the the, the cows come home. A lot of times, that's all that it ever turns out to be is a lot of talk. Can I just say this? And we'll get back to our discussion in a second. But this is just – this is like read and react. Mm -hmm. Brett Beatty, over the past month, needs to play third base with a goalie's glove. He Get has some, been some pads on. Yeah, he's just he's struggled at third. And Kansas City's up 3-1. Kansas City's beating the Mets. I mean, Gordon help me. Well, uh, well at this point, don't you want to don't you want to lose? Uh, because if they end up with a top 6 pick, they keep the pick. Right. It's true. But I think if it's like seven, if it's seven or lower, they drop down 10 spots because mm-hmm. of the, the amount of money that. The, so at this point, the season's over. Yeah, it is. Now, you would want guys, individual guys to play well. Yes. Exactly. But in terms of wins and losses, I think at this point, if you're a Met fan, you almost have to root for losses. It's hard for you. To I know. Root for your team I hear to you. Lose. I it's hear you. It's hard. Gordon, it's hard. 
Even though you know it's over, it's another ball. Even though you know it's over, it's still mm-hmm. hard to root for. Them. Come on, lose this one, because you know what? When you root for them to lose, they never do. <laughs> they never do. That, that's when they go on the run, right? That's, that, that's the, the worst thing that you could have right now is you've traded all these guys away, and now go on a run, get a little closer, maybe even get you to buy back in at some point, uh-huh. only to 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 pull the rug out, Lucy with the football, and Charlie Brown once again. Exactly. Exactly. But so, so my whole point about the prospects was going, who's running things? You mean it took you now to realize that you don't have really good prospects in the minors? I mean, Gordon, you know how much do you, I mean, if once again, I get that he's worth a gazillion dollars, Steve Cohen, I get it, but it doesn't mean he wants to lose it and spend it. (laughs) Okay. You mean, I mean, I would be livid right now. My baseball people, you're telling me that our minor league system is in such disarray now that I need that I paid all this money out to get these guys. Now we want to build the, the minor league system up. That should have been hand in hand, Gordon. It doesn't seem like they had a real good plan. It seems if any like at they, all. Bought, they bought into the fact last year how, how well everything went and they kind of doubled down on last year. And this year was the complete opposite of last year. Last year, everything went right. This year, everything went wrong. From the beginning of the season with Diaz, to the way things started off, to the Verlander's injury, everything went wrong this year. And uh, now they're paying for it. The interesting thing that I find about this whole thing is it seems like the general perception of Met fans is they really like what the Mets have done here. They've unloaded a lot of contracts. They've brought in a lot of prospects. They've built up the farm system on the fly. But they're taking the word of a guy in Billy Epler who a a couple of weeks ago, they all wanted out. They thought he did a terrible job. He's a terrible GM. I can't get David Stearns in here. Get Billy Epler out of here. He failed us at the trade deadline last year. So they didn't like the moves uh, that Billy Epler made in the past when it was known quantities, right? Players who are in the major leagues. But now, unknown quantities, guys that they... Met fans have never heard of any of these prospects before they became Mets. Nope. But now, all of a sudden, they know they they trust Billy Epler on unknown quantities of of prospects that who knows what if you'll see them if you'll ever see them who knows. It's a very interesting tact that I uh, that I find uh, that Met fans are are kind of falling into. And again, it beats the alternative because they weren't going anywhere. I don't think that they traded anything away that is. Um, essential that they can't replace. You're right. And they moved off a lot of money, so that's good. kind of clears the slate. But it's it's strange to me that Met fans who hated Billy Epler, Mm -hmm. he goes out and trades for a bunch of guys they've never heard of but are listed highly uh, by Baseball America or whoever, and now all of a sudden, great job. I love it. Let's go. Gordon, here's the issue. The issue is the athletic. The issue is Max Scherzer's mm. article in The Athletic. Quoting Mad Max, I talked to Billy, meaning Epler. I was like, okay, are we reloading for 2024? Question mark. He goes, nope, we're not. Basically, our vision now is for 2025, 2026, comma, 2025 at the earliest, but more like 2026. So we're going to be making trades around that. 
I was like, I being Max Scherzer, I was like, so the team is not going to be pursuing free agents this offseason or assemble a team that can compete for a World Series next year? He said, no, we're not looking to be signing the upper echelon guys. We're going to be on the smaller deals within free agency. 24 is now looking to be more of a kind of transitory year. Gordon, obviously, after those comments were released, Billy Epler spoke to the media, and the first thing Billy Epler was asked, uh, so what's up with those Max Scherzer comments in The Athletic? Here's what he said. I'm not going to go into details. I think I, you know, said this after we ended up moving Max that, you know, any of the conversations I had had with him leading into his last start as a Met and any conversations that I'd had after, I, I just, you know, want to, you know, want to kind of honor, you know, those conversations that we had. And I, I don't really want to talk about them publicly. He already has, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> He's already mentioned it. That ship has sailed, my friend. E- either you, Either it's true or it's not. I mean, Gordon, I get, listen. Do I understand that next year? Did I realize that next year was probably going to be a down year? Absolutely. That was clear. But Gordon, 2025, 2026 too? I mean, I here's the question that I have to decide. And really, I don't have a choice because I'm a Met fan. Am I willing to go back and see this allegedly done the right way? Okay. And will that pay off? in a championship for me in 2026. Well, guess what? If you could guarantee it, I'll sign up for it. But you can't guarantee it, Gordon. Just like you just like you guaranteed me, I was, well, you kind of guaranteed me. I was going to the World Series this year with all the ma- moves you made. All right, so who? how do I know that the new person is not going to come in and be bamboozled by, by somebody else? And I'm looking at, guess what? No World Championship still. It's not good. It is not good. It's not what you want. And I do believe that Max Scherzer, while he might be throwing the, his former team under the bus, I believe that he is being truthful. And it's it's in Billy Epler's best interest to not let the cat out of the bag because they don't want to let the fan base know, hey, we're not going to really uh, be going for it. You know, a competitive team, what does that mean? We're, we're not tanking. That's what that means. Right. So I don't think that the Mets are going to tank next year. But in terms of World Series or bust like it was this year, no, the 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 obviously the the goal has now changed. It it's going to be Gordon. It's going to be much like this year. That's what it's going to be like. They'll hover around five hundred. You hope that a couple of guys that will still be on the team will have better years than they had last this this season. And maybe on the outside, maybe maybe you have a shot at a third wild card in 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 the in in the best of ideas. But Gordon, who's pitching on this team next year? Who's the ace, Singer? Well, I mean, whether they're – no matter what approach that they have, they're going to have to go out in free agency and sign pitchers. They don't really have a choice. Nope. They don't. And guess who else I know is not coming here now? That young man from L.A. Not that I thought he was definitely coming, but it sounds like – now, of course – Gordon, if there's an opportunity, I would assume that they would put forth their best effort, and that may make them change things on the fly. I I would get that. But why would he want to come here now? 
No, uh, he, he would be going to a worse situation now. The only reason why he would want to come here now is that he wants to play in New York. And he, his, his list of important factors is money. That would be yep. the only reason. He, he wants to just simply make the most money. Because mm-hmm. if it just comes down to money, I think the Mets probably would win. If, if winning means nothing to him and uh, comfort level, all those things, it's just simply about getting the most money in his next contract. That's the only factor that the Mets have going in their favor. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear more from Billy Epler and talk more about the Mets' moves. And later this hour, oh, those New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it there. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, we've talked about the impact of Edwin, and everybody knows it. It shortened the bullpen. It took our highest leverage reliever and really compromised things. And then um, with, you know, David Robertson stepping up and, and doing a great job in that role, I mean, that would have looked a lot prettier if that would have been in the eighth inning. You know, with what Brooks has done and, and Adam, there would have been, you know, some leverage guys to go to there. But that had moments where wasn't you know firing on all cinder- cylinders but so is the starting pitching and so is the offense and so felt like every single component has had a time where it wasn't you know where it wasn't at, you know at the best version of itself or you know maybe at its at its accustomed level that started to kind of compound and and put us in a in a, in a tough spot billy Eplon, what went wrong with the mets this season it's hard to stay in damer on 98.7 espn and gordon this is that's not all. <laughs> There's a lot of things that went. It's easier to tell you what went right than to tell you what went wrong this season. Yeah, if Edwin Diaz, the loss of Edwin Diaz is the difference between last year and this year, then Edwin Diaz should be the MVP. Uh, yeah. because uh, there's, I think it's a lot deeper than just losing the closer. As great a closer as he was last year, I think it's deeper than a closer. Yeah, there's no question about it. No question about it. So, Billy Epler, what's the vision for this team now? Given the place that we were in, uh, we were just trying to be, you know, strategic. We wanted to um, see what opportunities exist um, on some of our players. And uh, we had certain certain price points that we were looking for. And if those were met, uh, we were going to execute it. And one of the goals here is just to kind of expedite the, the longer term, you know, kind of the longer term goal. Mm-hmm. Which is what? <laughs> a very long-term goal. <laughs> very, 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 very far out on the horizon. Yes, exactly. Uh, Billy Eplow on the trade deadline. For us, that was uh, seeing what opportunities exist and seeing if we could get impact talent. And I'm really excited about the acquisitions that we made, not only with you know the guys that we got from Houston, but also in the other acquisitions, whether that was with Milwaukee or with Arizona or with the Angels. And so uh, we're just trying to restock and reload a farm system. And, and so um, you have to kind of go through a little bit of pain to get where, where we want to go. You know, I feel that the organization is making strides towards a better future. All right, well, we'll see what happens. By the way, um, we have a no-hitter, Gordon. Valdez got the no-hitter for Houston. Okay. So, um, you know, they're already celebrating the return of Verlander. There you go. (laughs) It's a good day to be a Houston Astros fan, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, here's the last one from Epler. Billy, talk about the prospects you got for Verlander. 
Drew Gilbert, high draft pick, notable player from Tennessee, left-handed bat, plays a premium position, run, field, throw, understands the strike zone. He's a relentless player. I think people are going to really enjoy watching this guy play. I think it plays a little bit with his hair on fire, and uh, he'll he'll join our Binghamton affiliate. You know, it's just top 100, top 50 talent, um, depending on what you're looking at. And then with Ryan Clifford, um, another guy that great job by by Houston and their their amateur department. You know, he's a high high bonus high school draft. Plays corner outfield and also first base. He's got an above average arm. He hits the ball incredibly hard. He's outperforming the league. You know, is high high A by a really good margin. So I'm going to send him to Brooklyn and kind of get our hands around him. But to add that kind of impact talent that that met the price point. All right. So obviously you talked the talent up, Gordon, and now it's going to be up to you to coach these players, to get them ready, to highlight them, to to fix them wherever they because everybody's got a weakness and to minimize their weaknesses and, and build on their strengths and get them up here as soon as possible. And the other question is for me, Buck Showalter, Gordon, next year is his last year. He's got a three year deal. What do you do with him? Do you? Do, he wasn't brought here to manage a, you know, a, a, a rebuild, which is really what it is now. So, hey, it's not repurposing; it's a rebuild. So, I mean, what do you do with him now, Gordon? What do you? What, what just do you say? Um, because, I mean, whoever you're bringing in, he'll probably want to bring in his own guy. Do you say goodbye to Buck and let these kids grow with their manager together? Do you leave him here and let him work with the young talent, which he can also do? I mean, I, I mean, it's the last year of his contract. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for Buck right now. Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's not a great situation. It seemed like it was the perfect spot when he came here because it was a win-now team with an unlimited payroll and high expectations, a guy who has never been to a World Series, never mind, never won a World Series. That's the one thing. That is kind of missing on his resume after uh, winning a lot of Manager of the Year awards. But um, I think that that has to depend. His future has to depend on whoever you're hiring in that head of baseball operations. If it's uh, David Stearns, if it's uh, Theo Epstein, whoever that is, they're going to make that call. Uh, And maybe with one year left on his contract, you say farewell to Buck Showalter after this season. Maybe that person is open to bringing Buck back because of his uh, I think he's, he would be good maybe with a, a younger group of guys who are not maybe expected to win as much or haven't been around the block as, as much as Buck has. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I think that decision would have to depend on whoever, assuming they're hiring somebody because, again, they've had year after year after year. And for some reason now, that all of a sudden now, hey, you know, we've never hired a head of baseball. Why haven't you hired a head of baseball? What have you been doing this entire time? But uh, assuming they get David Stearns, which it seems like everybody says that they are, uh, I think that that would be one of the first things on his plate to figure out. Yeah, it's just, um, I don't know, Gordon. I, I it, It's like there's no happy medium, right? It, it was, we're going, we, we, look, we won 101 last year. We had a failure. We're going to turn that around. We're going to go at least this far and get to the World Series. That's what we want to do. And then in a week, it's like, well, you know what? We're We're rebuilding. And we're going to trade as much as we can to get out of here. I mean, Tommy Pham is gone. Marcana's gone. Verlander's gone. Scherzer's gone. You know, and and we're just going to, you know, switch sides and go the other way. I'm like, is there a happy medium, Gordon? I mean, we just went from one extreme to the other here. 
Well, I don't think that they're going to be a terrible team next year. And I think by saying you're going to be a competitive team, that just means that you're not going to tank. And they really can't tank. They have too much talent to tank. Uh, so they're not going to be a terrible team next year, as bad as they are this year. Uh, I would think that there would be some, uh, they, they, there would be a, a better version than, I mean, this year it seems like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Mm-hmm. So they, they're going to have to go out and sign pitchers this offseason. They're going to have to put somebody in that rotation. Now, maybe they won't break the bank the way they have. and Maybe they'll have a different approach and be actually looking to spend the money wisely as opposed to just saying, hey, this guy's really good. We'll just offer him way more than everybody else, which has been the way that they've operated here. But it is kind of strange that the people who have put you in this position are now being praised for, for pivoting on the fly mm-hmm. when you, we don't really know what they're getting. Yeah. All these guys can be ranked wherever they ranked uh, in terms of prospect rankings, but we, we've seen before that there's been plenty of guys who were supposed to be can't miss, and they did. Some Sometime back, Joey Gallo was rated really high as a prospect. He was, yeah, and then he got to the Yankees, and he stunk. <laughs> he was horrendous. You know, so so that's 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 the Mets story. You know, they've they've made the moves. They've here's what they're doing. They're buying out their mistakes, Gordon. That's what they're doing. We made yeah. some mistakes. We're buying our mistakes out. We're going to go, and we're going to do this. I guess the way it's supposed to be done, right? Um, you know, build the minor leagues. See what you have in the minor leagues. Bring these guys up, and you know, you sprinkle free agency in the spots where you need to, you know, transition into. And then eventually we'll be good. We'll be not good, but eventually we'll be a World Series contender again. But it'll be more of a sustained situation as opposed to let's go ahead and buy this. We're really close. All we need is some pitchers and a couple of players. Let's go ahead and knock this out and move into there because it didn't work out that way. So you live and learn. Costly experiment, though. Well, when you can't convince the fan base that you're going to win, what do you convince them of? Hope. The future. Down the road, we're going to be really good. And the Mets have pivoted on that very quickly. They have gone from win now to win sometime down the road very quickly. And at least so far, they have. it seems like they've convinced the fan base. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's any Met – I can't say any Met fan. The overwhelming majority of Met fans are on board for what the Mets have done. Yeah, I get it. And, and I understand. And I am too. I'm just wondering how long is it going to take to get back to where – they're in the conversation for a World Series again, because the 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 thought process was okay. We're gonna take we're gonna back off this year and go to twenty twenty five. Well, now we're talking maybe twenty twenty five twenty twenty maybe twenty twenty five twenty 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 five twenty twenty six. I mean, that's three years, Gordon. That's a long way away, Larry. That's three years. You know, I mean, I haven't been to the World Series since twenty fifteen. So, I mean, you know. Now you're telling me 10 years? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And that's if, if things go according to plan. If they go according to plan. And how and many times has that happened don't? in that history? And what happens if they don't? Well, we can always spend again. <laughs> right. You always have always that spend. in your back pocket. That's for sure. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, Gordon Brian Cashman said some things today. He did. I was just like, Wow. We'll have a couple of them for you next on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. You'd rather be obviously in a more defined spot where you'd be three and a half games up in the postseason or ten games back. You know, give you a better, clearer picture, but that's not where we put ourselves. So, you know, we kind of approach this deadline, which is not, you know, been the last few days, but you know, over the last, you know, coming weeks especially, where we were driving on a lot of different lanes, listening to opportunities. So uh, being opportunistic buyers, if anything made sense and, and certainly opportunistic sellers. And as we got out of the gate a little bit here in the um, second half with the struggles, you know, the frustration of how we played recently, it became more cautious buyers, you know, when we were kind of staying in touch with everybody. Brian Cashman Gordon on the decision making at the trade deadline. Hard to stay in Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So, Gord, were you happy with the, what the Yankees did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, they didn't make any terrible trades today. So that's a good sign. But uh, at this point, the tale is, is told. Uh, at, at this point, you can't trust anything that the Yankees say. You can't trust anything that they do. Uh, the, the, the season is a failure. They, they took a, a kind of for a team and an organization who was always so uh, adamant that they know what's best. They kind of just kind of weaseled out. They weren't buyers. They, they realized that they couldn't be buyers because buying really isn't going to get them out of the situation that they're in. And they couldn't be sellers because they really didn't have anything to sell. I mean, outside of what, Harrison Bader or a reliever or two? They didn't have a whole lot. They're a bad team. They're a bad team. And they won't say that. They won't admit that because then that would actually reflect poorly on the job that they, by they, I mean Brian Cashman has done. But it's as clear as the, as, as the uh, star insurance logo on their sleeve. Uh, they're a bad team. This team is not going to the playoffs. They've had a window of opportunity here the last five or six years. That window is now closed. And now until I don't know when they're going to realize it, they have to go back to the drawing board. And it's not going to be easy because there's going to be some uh, parts of the chalkboard that are not chalk. They're a marker and uh, Mm -hmm. you can't erase them because they're going to be here for a very long time. So uh, I'm not really all that surprised. I would have thought that they would have done something. I was hoping that they would be bold and be sellers, but I knew that I was deluding myself by thinking that. But look, at this point, the Yankee story is obvious. Uh, They're not going to admit. They're just going to simply say it's on the players. Didn't they say that last year? It's on the players. It's on the players to get us out of it. And look at that. They, They didn't get us out of it. Again. Again. It can't. It couldn't possibly be the guy picking the players, could it? No. They had a black hole in left field last year. Uh, they had a, a black hole at third base last year. They did nothing to improve either situation, and neither situation got better. Look at that. Wow. What a shock. So it, it is what it is. The Yankees have had their run. They've had a very good run in terms of staying over 500 and being in it every single season. I think that that run is now over. I, I, I really do question whether they will finish this season over 500. Gordon, I want you to take a deep breath. Mm. Okay? Yeah. All right. Here's Brian Cashman who says, I do think we have the talent. Of course. 
we do have the talent and we do have the capabilities. Uh, saying it is one thing. I know watching it lately hasn't been anything close to what you'd feel comfortable with. Uh, but we had to measure that with, again, what the ultimately options that were presented to us on, you know, I know I'm sure some people out there, you know, tear it down, sell, and other people are out there, add something big. Well, I couldn't add, there wasn't a big thing to add, and, and um, to be quite honest, and then, uh, you know, that was going to solve the immediate problems that we have. And then, um, and then in terms of the sell stuff that, you know, there's certainly a lot of players here that are talented, that playoff teams would like to get their hands on, but in terms of what trying to pry that away from us wasn't really worth it. You know, it was like, oh, I'd rather just keep it and take a shot, you know, to be quite honest. And, uh, and so I stayed in, in, engaged every step of the way with our owner. You know, you, certainly, you know, you kind of assess the marketplace and what's presenting it, presenting themselves to you, and, and you make individual decisions as they, you know, come along. So we're going to obviously finish this off and see where it takes us. They have to, the me, talent, Gordon. Th- to me, that cut is the most telling. Because he says, well, I would rather just sit here and take a shot. Because he knows if he takes a shot and he's wrong, what's going to happen? Nothing. Mm -hmm. His job's not on the line. He's safe. He's the fifth Steinbrenner. He's good to go. So, yeah, it's easy for him to say, well, I'm going to tear down. I'd rather just take a shot. I'd rather just see if we'll see, play this out and see how it goes. He's like a guy at the at the table who, if he loses this hand, doesn't matter. He's got a lot more money in his pocket. So at the end of the day, what does it matter? If we don't make the playoffs, who cares? If we're not set up better for the future, who cares? I'd rather take a shot now because if I'm wrong, I'm still good. Because they took a shot. <laughs> right, they took a shot. It was a, there's nothing on the line for him. No. There's not, his decision today does not impact his future in any way. Because he's here. He's good. They got swept by the ash. They got embarrassed last year in the playoffs, and he got a contract extension. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you about what's going to happen in the future? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is going to change. The other thing that was telling in that comment, in, in, the, in that uh, soundbite, was, you know, we thought we were going to sell, but nothing was really. You've got nothing that anybody wants. Right. There's very few things that anybody wants. You might have a couple of relievers. Bader, the, the scary thing to me is that they didn't get rid of Bader and recoup something there because you know, oh, this guy, he's like Brett Gardner. We're going to sign him to a new five-year contract. Outfielder who's constantly hurt and is 29 years old. How could that ever go wrong? We, when was the last time we ever did that? Oh, that's right. Aaron Hicks. So that, uh, I mean, but at the end of the day, does it really matter? Uh, Buster Only had a book, uh, the title of which was The Last Night of the Yankee Dynasty, and it was after, Mm. I think, the 2001 season. Mm -hmm. Um, He could almost write a sequel because the Yankee run of success, as we've known it here, where every year they're in it and every year they're competitive, unless something dramatically changes – that kind of run is over. This is not a good team. It's, and they're locked into a lot of these guys. They're locked into to, 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 to Stanton. They're locked into LeMayhew. They're locked into a lot of these bad contracts. And the reason why, even though they're spending, what, the second most in baseball, the reason why they don't have the ability to go out and spend big money in the offseason outside of the one move for, for uh, Rodon is because of the money that has been already spent by the organization and Brian Cashman 
that has locked them in. Again, we talked about it last night. They got six guys who are making, what would they say, $165 yeah. million dollars or something mm-hmm. like that? Yep. Yeah, if you're spending 270, all of a sudden, if six guys are making 160, things are going to get tight pretty quickly. And Kay mentioned something that I forgot today, Gordon. That next year, uh, you know, your ace Gary Cole has an option, has an out option, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to take it. Yeah, he probably will. He probably will. And so the question is, do you do you bring him back? I mean, Gordon, he's going to be. You know he's 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 going he's he's going to that other side mm-hmm. <laughs> where Scherzer and Verlander are right now. He's not that old, but he's heading down that road. Are you are you going to sign him for another five, six, seven, eight years? What are you? Yeah, he'll do? be he'll be thirty three next year, and he's been great. Uh, he's yes. been everything that you have wanted. And if he does opt out, I think you have to say to yourself again, this would require the Yankees to be honest with themselves. And while they're they're clearly if if they're being honest with us, then they're not being honest with themselves. If what they are saying publicly is what they truly believe that we're in it to win it and we still got a shot and we have the talent to do it, if that's them being honest, if that's truly what they think, they're not being honest with themselves, and that's a dangerous position to be in. As we've seen with other organizations, when you lie to yourself, it ends up costing you. So, uh, yeah, if they think that if Garrett Cole opts out, hey, let's sign him for another seven years, it would be a mistake. And, and I almost start to wonder, what do you think Aaron Judge is thinking right now? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. You know, we had a couple arms, but like we've been saying all week and saying the past couple of days, it's, it's it's on us as players. You know, we're fully capable with the guys that got in this room to go out there and compete on a daily basis. And you know, the results haven't come, you know, obviously all year, but you know, now it's, you know, we still got two months left of the season and we got a, got a lot of work to do. So that's, that's the guys in this room. So we got to step up in this room and you know, keep moving forward. Gordon, you wanted to know what Aaron Judge is thinking? That's what he's thinking with the lack of action at the trade deadline and Gordon, let's be honest, and we get to the calls in a second. The Yankees have been played like they even care about making a run for the postseason. Way. No, it doesn't seem that way. It seems flat on a, on a night-in, night-out basis. And, and there's been more times here recently where it feels like you can sit down on the couch and the game's already over because yeah. they don't score run. Like when you get to 2 nothing, 3 nothing, you know the game's in jeopardy. Because the Yankees just don't score runs. They have a bad offense. They've had a bad offense all season long. So, uh, unfortunately, the fans, it seems like, are the only ones who uh, sometimes are are being honest about it because uh, it seems a lot of times that the organization can't be honest with themselves. That's true. Off to the phones we go. Josh is in East Brunswick. Josh, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Josh. I'm actually encouraged by the Mets deadline because I think unlike the Yankees, they actually looked at themselves honestly and said, this isn't happening. And they took a farm system that was terrible and have given it two things that's been missing, high-end talent and just positional depth. They have not had positional depth in years. They still have the big differentiator, which is Steve Cohen's money. Do I think he's going to go crazy again this offseason? I'm not sure. The free agent market's not as good. But I'm happy that the team picked a direction 
and has turned something that was a huge, huge negative into a strength now moving forward. This is a top 10 system when they update rankings, and that's going to help them do whether it's bring these guys up, make trades, they still have Steve Cohen's money. Like, I'm happy with turning a lost season into this outcome. I really am. I hear what you're saying, Josh, and thanks for the phone call. Um, there are, look, there's no question there's positives to it. Uh, there's really, it was, to be honest, the only option they had because the season failed so miserably. My only concern is just how good these prospects are. And that's going to be the ultimate decision maker on how good these trades have been, Gordon. If 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 one of these three prospects uh, are a difference maker, then the deal was great. Then you'll sign up and then you have to go back and you just have to reevaluate how you spend your money. And uh, that's what he's going to do. So from that standpoint, I agree. I, I just want to, you know, I'm just, I'm just, Prospects are just what they are, Gordon. They're, they're, like you said, they're suspects until you see what they have. Well, look, if the Mets' idea was to get the fan base on board for uh, for, for the future and for hope uh, down the road, man, they, they have bought it in, in, in spades here. Uh, they, have, they are fully on board, and I get it. It's been a bad season, and I think it was the right approach to sell. But this idea now that the Mets have traded away all these overpriced veteran players who did not perform up to expectations – and now all of a sudden they've got this unbelievable farm system, Larry. It, it kind of feels like the magic beans uh, all of a sudden. You know, I mean, it feels like it, it, let, let's relax because you guys had never heard of any of these prospects before, like last Friday. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You, you, uh, let's see what happens a couple of years down the road. I think it was the right approach, how it pays off. There's every trade deadline. There's an organization that trades a bunch of pro, uh, trades for a bunch of prospects, and that fan base thinks, "Oh my God, look, it's amazing." The Yankees in 2016, "Oh my God, look at all these great prospects they got." They got Glaber Torres. That was mm-hmm. it. That was the big prospect they got out of that whole bunch. Really, uh, Clint Frazier had one like mediocre season where he was pretty good, but other than that, was a complete flop. And and they traded away Chapman, but they brought Chapman back, and they traded away Andrew Miller. So this idea, all of a sudden, the Mets have a top 10 farm system. Let's slow down. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no guarantees. That's all I'm there's saying. There's no guarantees. None. That's all I'm saying. Just just be careful. Be careful with your optimism. Once again, they did the right thing, but really they had no choice. I mean, let's face right. it. I mean, what was no the choice. option, right? You just keep going out there and, and running into the ground, paying guys $50 million? No, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. It was the right approach. How it pays. It's just funny to me. Now, all you guys now trust Billy Epler's judgment on on the prospects he got back. Billy Epler now is a genius because he Uh went and took a bunch of guys who are making way too much money, and the Mets are still paying the money to get a better prospect. That's great. But now, all of a sudden, Billy Epler is boy wonder. Yeah. No, he isn't. He's the same guy that screwed this (laughs) up. He's the same guy that did not give me my DH, Gordon, for two years. Same guy. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? What's up, boys? How you doing tonight? Hey, Tommy. Oh, Larry, you're off the hook. Gordon, let's commiserate here because this this Yankee team is just they didn't in the last eight hours they didn't do anything. They didn't buy. They didn't sell. They didn't pitch. They didn't hit. The only thing I can say is at least Brian Cashman can get in front of the microphone and give us some absolute nothing burgers. More than I could say for, like, Leon Rose, but 
there's no direction. What is the direction? I don't know what they're they doing. Don't know. They don't know. They, they don't know. And it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, there's not any stakes in this. Because at the end of the day, Brian Cashman's still going to be running the team next year. So if he's wrong, he's, he's, the, he's oh well, the fifth Steinbrenner, right? He he's, is the fifth Steinbrenner. He's golden clad. He is. He is locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. Gordon. Yeah, it's it's not what you want, Gordon. No, he's locked in, baby. It's not what you want. Lifetime. I mean, con- he's like he's like a Supreme Court justice. He's like the Pope. <laughs> he's the Pope of the Bronx. <laughs> Ruben's in Tennessee. What's up, Ruben? Hey, how you doing, fellas? No, so I want to actually, after listening to all this, first of all, I, I called in originally to say that uh, you guys are totally right, totally right. And I was going to say basically how if the Yankees don't do anything, I won't blame Aaron Judge for jumping ship. And he would be the first captain of the Yankees to jump ship. <laughs> well, he's not going anywhere. And, no, he's not going anywhere, Ruben. No, I, I, well, yeah, nobody's going to pick him up. But I, I still think that, yeah, yeah Cashman's got to go. Boone's got to go. Um, They're not going anywhere, Ruben. They no. need to rebuild. They need, they need to rebuild. I hear you, Ruben. Thanks for the phone call. Cashman, and, I know, is not going anywhere. And Boone, I mean, I don't know, Gordon. I guess you could blame him for some things like Domingo Herman last night. <laughs> <laughs> or at least his explanation of Domingo right. Herman last night. But, I mean, what is he going to do? I will say this. Like, I don't know what a manager's job is now anymore in 2023. Mm-hmm. But I would think that he would get credit for putting guys in a position to be them their best selves. Mm-hmm. And I would not say right now that there's any there's a lot of guys on the Yankees who are the best version of themselves. Right. So this and the idea was when he came on board, at least I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, but after the 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 year in 2017, when they 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 flipped the you know they they, they swapped out the managers, his approach was going to pay dividends because he was not going to be so much of a grind on the players, and he would free up the players to be the best version of themselves, kind of unlock the potential of the young baby bombers. Doesn't seem like a lot of people are getting unlocked right now. No, they're locked down. They're locked down. Locked down, Larry. I mean, they, it they, seems like every guy is the worst version of themselves. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, you know, we can discuss it, Gordon, but I, I feel kind of bad for him in the sense of, and I say this all the time, and you know it to be true, I don't care how good of a coach or manager you are, it's about the talent on your team. Absolutely. No, first and foremost, the, oh. the, the main culprit for the position the Yankees find themselves in is clearly Brian Cashman. If for no other reason, he's the guy that brought in Aaron Boone. Yeah, it's true. That's right. Boy, I can't imagine what he thinks when he looks down that bench. More conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. We do have the talent. We do have the capabilities. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.